Welcome to Grace Church's podcast. The message you are about to hear was recorded live during our Sunday service. Sermon notes can be found on our app for both Apple and Android phones. Search Grace 417 in your app store and follow along. And now, for our message. 2 Samuel chapter 5. This is the beginning of uh, this is the beginning of King David's official rule over the nation of Israel. He's been the unofficial ruler for a number of years. He's lived in different places. Even when King Saul was kind of like losing it and the end of his reign, he was really falling apart. David is seen as the leader of Israel. But 2 Samuel chapter 5 is actually the beginning of the real leadership uh, rule of David in Israel. He goes and he takes over Jerusalem. They renamed Jerusalem the city of David. And now he is reigning from that place. Look in verse 17 with me. It says these words out of the ESV. It says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Verse 18. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. Verse 20. And David came to baal Perazim, And David defeated them there. And he said... The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perazim. David is the new king of Israel, and as soon as he becomes the king, his old enemies, who were also his old friends, if you read the end of 1 Samuel, David is kind of tricky, and he uh, passes himself off as being not really for Israel. And so he actually lives among the Philistines for a period of time, and then that doesn't end well for the Philistines, and so they do not like David. And when they hear that he's become king, they come with their armies. And the text says that the armies fill this valley. And as they're filling the valley, David goes immediately. David's first objective is not, let's go meet them on the field of battle. David goes and hides. David goes to the stronghold. He goes to a place of safety. And from that place of safety, David begins to pray. And he asks the Lord, Lord, do you want me to go up and fight them? And the Lord says, yes, go up, for I will certainly give them into your hand. Now, this is where I wish the text gave us more detail, because between verses 19 and 20, there's a, a serious battle that takes place. And, and apparently, according to the text, the Philistines are defeated soundly. And look at what David says. Let me read it to you again. Verse 20, David came to baal Perazim. And David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Can we say that together? Matter of fact, this is one of the places in your Bible where you should should take your pen. Or I guess you can highlight it in you version. But you can take your pen. Don't underline it on your phone. That won't work. You have to take your pen or you have to highlight it in you version. And this verse is worth doing that for. Read it with me. Ready? One, two, three, go. The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. That was really good for 50% of you that played my little game. So we're going to do it again. Ready? We're going to say it together. Just get a full breath and say it like you mean it, all right? This is the word of God. Here we go. Go. The Lord broken enemies before me 
like a breaking flood. This is how David described what God did to the enemies of Israel. God came in like a flood and broke them down. That word Baal Perazim means three different ways you can interpret it in the Hebrew. It can mean the Lord of the breaks. It can mean possessor of the breaches, the one who possesses the gaps. And then there's my favorite, the Lord of breaking through. Turn to the person next to you and just say, the Lord of breaking through. The Lord of breaking through. One more time, tell them, the Lord of breaking through. Good. David was confined in a stronghold. David needed a breakthrough against his enemy. David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, go fight. And when David went and fought, the Lord showed up, and he showed up like a a flood breaking through. We, all of the time, dozens of times, hundreds of times, thousands of times, all of the time, we need a breakthrough. We need something in our lives to break loose so that we can move forward. If you have been serving Jesus for any length of time, if you've been a Christian for 10 minutes, there's something that you've bumped up against where you know, this is not moving forward. I need to be able to get through this barrier. We all collectively find ourselves on a regular basis in a position of stuck. We live kind of from stuckness to stuckness. We get stuck and God breaks us through. And then we get stuck and God breaks us through. We're getting ready to watch. Anybody watch the Super Bowl tonight? Like four people. Bunch of liars. Let's try that again. Anybody watch the Super Bowl tonight? Yes. I know the Chiefs aren't playing. I'm, I'm sorry. Not really. But I mean, I'm sorry for you. <clears throat> Just kidding. My team hasn't been to the Super Bowl in 30 years. So, all right. Chiefs fans. So when you watch football, right, you can grind out a game two yards at a time, a yard at a time, no gain, you know, just right there. What we want is a breakthrough where there can be some open field running, right, where you can really just get going. You watch some great athlete just really begin to stride. That's what we want. But we, in our walks with God, in our experience on the planet, we find ourselves often, uh, we just get stuck. Oh, we get stuck. We get stuck over and over and over again. We have a perpetual need for something to give, for there to be a breakthrough. We need the Lord to show up and to break through like a breaking flood. Have you ever seen a video of floodwaters hitting an obstacle? You ever seen that? You've seen the, the, you know, the dam, the, the levee, and the floodwaters come, or that poor house that's in the wrong place at the wrong time? You ever seen those videos and you're just like, it's just a matter of time. You're gonna, it's going to see it. It comes down the mountain or down the ravine or whatever, and it's gone. It's destructive, it's powerful, it's awesome. That's what David used, this is the, the words that David used to describe how God attacked and, and, and defeated the enemies before him. God came through like a breaking flood and just obliterated them. They were gone before his majesty and before his power. There are barriers in our lives that we have to have breakthrough for, amen? Now here's the thing, almost always, God does a breakthrough, but he does it in partnership. Like, and I say almost always because there are times where God does something that has nothing to do with us. Aren't you glad of that? Like the cross, he didn't consult you. He didn't need you. He just accomplished it. The resurrection of Jesus, he just went and accomplished that. But there are so many other things that take place in our walks with God where there's a partnership. So in regard to David, 
David goes and prays. God gives the direction. God says, yeah, you go up against them. You'll surely defeat them. But God didn't just snap his fingers from heaven and have the enemy go and be defeated. David had to get up and go with his men and they had to go fight the battle. It's a partnership. Write this down on your grace guides this morning or in your apps. God brings the breakthrough. We bring the faith and the obedience. We don't bring the supernatural. We don't have the supernatural in and of ourselves. We don't have anything that we can bring that would cause there to be a breakthrough. What we do is listen to what he says, extend faith, and then act on what he tells us to do. It's always a partnership that way. Scripture shows us, when you read through the entirety of the word of God, Scripture shows us that God loves to bring breakthrough. He does it again and again and again. And he seems to like to do it where it feels impossible. It's like the Lord doesn't waste breakthrough. And I don't mean that in a way that he doesn't do little things for us. But the big things that God does, he does them. He does them at the 11th hour. It's like the last prayer, the last dollar, the last minute. He loves to show up. And he loves to delight in doing it in ways where it seems impossible to us. There's something about God's glory and majesty that wants to be most clearly, that is most clearly revealed when he does something that we could never do on our own. Write this down in your notes, if you would, this morning. God's work of breakthrough consistently comes in the midst of impossible situations. Now, impossible is in quotes because there's nothing impossible with him. We need to remind each other of this regularly. Think about this. Does God ever look at your situation or my situation? Does God ever look at this, this crazy broken world that we're in and just kind of step back and say, I don't even know what to do here. Does that ever happen? Does God ever go, this is too hard for me? We need to say that a little more fire. Does God ever say, is this, this one's just above me. I can't, I'm going to have to really you know, eat my veggies to be able to deal with this problem. Does God ever say that? No, never. He never looks at our situations and goes, well, that's impossible. He is a God of infinite possible. Never is defeated, never is held back, never is, never is confined by his, in his own abilities from something that we need from him. He's not saying, I don't have what, I, what you need to for your situation. He only has everything that we need all the time. And he delights in breaking through in situations that seem hopeless. Look at the teaching of the scriptures. Abraham is 99 years old. Sarah is about 10 years younger than him. That's an impossible situation for having a baby. Amen? It is. And yet it happened. There's a, there's a, 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 a group of 600,000 men plus women and children. And they, all they've been doing for 400 years is making bricks. And they're standing in front of this body of water called the Red Sea. And there's an entire army that is on their heels. And they're caught between water and death in a battle. And God says, and it's almost like he's, I'll wait. Let's get, the, let's get the army get even closer right to the edge. And then all of a sudden, you know, Moses says, stand back and watch. You know, boom, the, the Red Sea opens. Israel goes across and Pharaoh's army is drowned. God delights in doing things at the last minute. He delights in doing things that bring all of the glory to him. Little teenage boy, right? A whole army of men afraid of a nine-foot guy, which I'm saying is a pretty significant thing, right? A nine-foot man named Goliath. And this little teenage boy is like, isn't anybody going to take him on? And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. I mean, what does is, what is, what is Saul say? Saul says, don't go. You're just a kid. And he's been a warrior since he was a kid. David walks out there. And because he was willing to put his faith in God and to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's leading him to do, he has victory. And this happens over and over and over again in the scriptures. 
Israel sins continuously for hundreds of years. God finally says, I'm good, that's enough, you're out. You're no longer gonna live in Israel. You're gonna have no land of your own. I'm gonna send you to Babylon. Decades later, God brings them back. It's an impossible thing, but God brings breakthrough. It happens when Jesus takes a, you know, a meal that was designed for a couple of people maybe and he feeds thousands of people with it. He does the impossible breakthrough things when we're willing to trust him. Does this make sense? Good. I'm glad. The, the more difficult the circumstance, the more beautiful the breakthrough. And when, and when we look at things that are impossible in our impossible situations, when we look at our our circumstances and there's just no way forward, God will often ask us to do things in obedience that don't make any sense. Like it almost, thank you, it almost never happens that what God tells us to do in the midst of a breakthrough situation where there needs to be a barrier that's pushed down, it almost never makes sense what he leads us to do. Think about Abraham and Sarah. I'm not trying to be graphic here this morning, but just think about it for a moment. I know that it's not a door, so he couldn't have actually knocked. But imagine Abraham going to see Sarah in that way and knocking. He's 99, she's 89. Hey, sweetie, God says we're supposed to have this miracle baby. It's, it, I know it doesn't make any sense, but I want you, I want you to trust the Lord with me. Well, we could have a whole message on that right there. Would you just trust the Lord with me, wife? No, I won't say that. <laughs> they did something that was impossible. Did it make any sense? And God showed up. Same thing with the Red Sea. You know, what are you asked to do? God doesn't say to Israel, all right, arm yourselves and fight this battle. He says, trust me and watch what I will do. He doesn't say to David, let's, I mean, what does Saul say to David when he faces Goliath? He doesn't say, trust the Lord, the Lord's going to take care of you. He says, here's my armor. Why don't you put this on? This will give you a fighting chance against the enemy. It doesn't happen that way. Instead, he, you know, Saul doesn't have any good advice for him. He has to go with the leading of the Lord. No armor, five stones, a sling. And victory comes. Obedience in this, this, this moment of needing breakthrough will often be something that is confusing. It doesn't look right. It's not natural. It goes against our inclination. It goes our, against our experience and our judgment. But this is the key. God wants us to be willing to do what doesn't make any sense in the moment because that's the way that he chooses to do things. He doesn't need yours or my wisdom. God rarely asks me. Let me say that again. God never asks me, how would you do this one, Tim? He says, do this one, Tim. And this is the key. He tends to have us do things when we're wanting breakthrough in patterns of the scriptures. This is what I mean. There's something about worship that that causes there to be breakthrough. I don't exactly know theologically why I could say it, but there's something about when we're in a terrible situation and we can't move forward, there's something about God saying, I want you to look to me and I want you to praise me in the midst of this awfulness that brings that unstuck thing that happens in our lives. There's just something about worship. Maybe it's because we catch a glimpse of how big he is and how small this situation is in comparison and it gives our faith a rise and we start to really trust him for something amazing. I don't know. But he often will say, in the midst of a bad situation, I want you to worship me. There's examples of that in the Old Testament. They're gonna fight a battle. Let's put the worship team out front. Let them go first. I mean, it's not very strategic, but it's very powerful. 
There's something about serving other people when you need a breakthrough. There's something happening in your life and you're stuck and you can't move forward. There's something about taking your eyes off of your situation and helping someone else that seems to move the wheels forward and get us momentum. There's something about like just helping to lift someone else up that ends up lifting us up in the midst of our situations. There are two that we're going to talk about in the next six, seven weeks. We're going to spend time talking about breakthrough. And we're going to talk about two particular areas where God tends to, as I read scripture in my own experience, tends to just show up and show off when we trust him in these areas. And I want to say before I let you know what those two areas are, I want to tell you this. These are not easy areas. These are difficult areas. These are challenging areas, but as I said earlier, the places where it's most difficult to trust the Lord, where it's most most of a stretch of faith, where the obedience part is really not easy, it's in those places that God's glory is most powerfully seen and the fruit is so amazing that we can say, well, look what God has done. So our breakthrough areas that we're going to focus on in the next couple of months as we do these messages together are going to be finances and forgiveness. Finances and forgiveness, if you want to write those down. Finances and forgiveness. On the surface, it may feel like or seem like these two things don't go together. But they really do. First of all, how many people have, have you ever heard say this? Well, what I do with my money is nobody else's business. You ever heard that? Yeah, well, in the kingdom, it's absolutely not true. <laughs> What you do with your money is the Lord's business and very well maybe other people's business. And, and, and the same way is true with people when we're dealing with issues of forgiveness of our heart. You know, what my little issue is with that person or this situation or that, that thing that took place in the past, that's my issue. That's my little grudge that I'm going to hold on to. And that is also not true. It's, it, it feels like it's okay to make that too personal, but the reality is in the kingdom of God, your issues of your heart with forgiveness and the way you handle money is anything but just something that's just yours. Here's another thing that's, that, that's in common between finances and forgiveness. They are areas where we seek to exert, we're tempted to exert a lot of control. I will deal with my money. It's mine and I'm going to hold on to it tightly. I will deal with my heart issues, my grudges, my pain, my bitterness. It's mine and I will deal with it myself. And in both places, the Lord says, I want you to open up. I want you to relax. I want you to trust me. People live with money and with um, unforgiveness in extreme ways. You know, people are extreme with their finances. People can become selfish and they can hoard. Have you ever seen that? Like, I don't, you know, I don't share anything that I have. And the same thing can be true. People become pulled away and they nurse old wounds and they hold on to them and they, and they maintain a spirit of bitterness. So there is actually a lot of connection. As I was studying for this series, I was uh, just surprised again and again and again how many times I would come across forgiveness and money in the same story, in the same parable, in the same bit of teaching from the Lord. So we're going to go there over this next couple of months. We're going to go there. We're going to talk about these things openly, and we're going to explore what God's word says about money and what it says about our mercy in the, an effort to help get us unstuck and move us forward. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to stir up faith within us so that we'll be obedient to whatever God, tells, whatever God tells us to do. And I will tell you on the front end that the things that God is going to speak to us, I believe you're going to feel, some of you are going to feel like that's impossible, that could never work. 
And I'm telling you, where you think it is impossible is where the greatest gains are gonna come from. It's where the breakthrough comes from. The thing in your mind that you say, I could never do that, when God's spirit empowers you to do it, you're gonna say, wow, look what the Lord has done. So if you're stuck now and you feel stagnant and you feel like you're not progressing, I'm inviting you to trust the Lord and try something new to start with me in this new season of reflection, this season of surrender. If you feel like your walk is maybe a little bit superficial and it's just not deep, it's not rich and exciting, you are in for a treat if you will trust him with your finances and with your forgiveness. I, um, I pray about everything that I bring to you on Sunday mornings, which, you know, is a good thing. But with this particular message, maybe for the first time since Susan and I have been here at Grace, I feel so much more than just, this is a good thing for us to learn. I mean, if we're in the Bible, then we're safe, right? We're going we're gonna to learn good things. God's going to use it. But I feel a real sense from him that this isn't just about us individually coming to grips with areas where we need breakthrough, specifically around money and forgiveness. I feel like he is saying to us as a congregation, I'm going to do something in you all collectively through, through these truths if we can grab hold of them together. I would even say this is a prophetic season for grace, that there's more at stake, if I can say it that way, than just whether an individual is gonna be obedient or not, but rather us collectively, as we say yes to these good things that God wants to bring us into, our whole church is going to get unstuck in whatever way that it already is. As a matter of fact, out of that, there's going to be some... Um, extracurricular opportunities to deal with some of these strongholds that God wants to break us out of. And don't worry about that now, but I, we're going we're gonna to do some house cleaning and we're going to invite the Lord to break grace free from some of its stuff. Because just like you have stuff, you turn to the person next to you and say, you got stuff. Yeah, your stuff and my stuff collectively makes our stuff. So we're going to deal with our stuff even as we're dealing with our individual stuff. Does that make sense? I, I am excited about it. I'm a little bit nervous about it because I don't know what it's going to look like. But I do know this, that as we trust him, we are going to break free. And we're going to see some cool things happen. We're going to see some fruitful things happen. We're going to see the growth that we're experiencing and the goodness that God has already shedding on this particular church family. It's going to expand and extend. So I'm, I'm looking forward. If you're a person, I'm almost finished. If you're a person who is already, you feel like, I'm, I'm already surrendered. Like, like the money thing, it's all God's, you know. I'm just doing what he tells me to do. Or you feel like, you know what, my heart is soft towards people. You know, when I, I deal with my, my need for forgiveness, my need to give and to forgiveness and grace to other people as it comes up, and I just kind of walk in that place. If that's you this morning, first of all, well done. <laughs> but second of all, would you be an intercessor? Would you be praying for the others in this body that are not in that place? And you're going to, of course, you're going to probably pick up some new things as we go through this. But this is, this is a place of partnership for you with what God's doing in our church. So please be praying. Because here's the thing. I feel like there are many other people in this particular congregation, in this body, whether they're online or here in the room, um, who are not free. Who are in a place of bondage. They're in a prison in regard to finances or in regard to forgiveness. As a matter of fact, I, this is, I want you to write this down because this is why we're doing it. So the last thing on your, your notes, this, what this is, this fill in here is the, is the heart behind why we have to go in this direction with breakthrough. Because some of us here worship idols. 
whoa, what are you serious? Like, I don't have any little icons in my house. Not, not that kind of idol. We worship idols of security and accumulation. There are people here, and that's, this, is not un, this is not unusual for our church, but any church, there are people that say with their mouths, I trust the Lord, but they live with their money like they're creating their own security. And God has to be our security. Every single day, people move into eternity who put their hopes in the security that they could, they could accumulate for themselves by having money. Money will never make you feel secure no matter how much you get, ever. The other thing is to accumulate stuff so that they feel well cared for, that they, they are rewarded for their hard work or whatever. I feel like those things become in our lives idols that we put our trust in rather than in the Lord. And the second thing is this, that there are others here that nurse wounds of bitterness. So instead of having a wound that is, is, that is healed by the salve of the Holy Spirit, there are some of us that, that the bitterness that's inside of us is like something that keeps the wound open and infected. And that's what gets rubbed in. And I believe that the Lord wants that to be healed. Just think for a moment with me. And maybe it's not for you, but you know somebody like that. Wouldn't it be amazing for that person to be healed? Wouldn't it be amazing for that person to no longer be nursing that bitterness, but rather just really totally at the core who they are, be free. That's what we're going for, that people walk in freedom and healing in these two particular areas. And that makes me excited. He is the Lord of breaking through. When you came in, you were given a piece of paper, I hope, and an envelope. If you could pull those out really quick. We're going to do a little exercise before we end this morning. If you need the paper and the envelope, uh, raise your hand. David's got a handful of them, and he's got pens. Miss Alex over here. Anyone else? Right there, Marty. Please don't, please don't think that I think that breakthrough is just about money or just about forgiveness or just about worship or just about serving others. Breakthrough is something that we need in all kinds of areas in our lives continuously. What I want you to do this morning before we leave is I'm going to give you just a few minutes and listen. I mean just a few minutes and I don't want you to write a novel. Some of you people are like, you didn't give me enough time because you wanted to write three paragraphs. No, 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 right? Two or three sentences. I want you to write a little bit of a dream. What would the breakthrough look like for you? Maybe it is that wound that gets healed. Maybe it's that wound that gets, that gets no longer bitterness is the salve, but the spirit is the salve and healing comes. Maybe the dream for breakthrough is that I get financially free and I'm no longer worried constantly about money. Maybe it is that I, you know, it's a breakthrough in another, a breakthrough for healing, a breakthrough in worship, a breakthrough in a job situation or in a family relationship. But I want you to write down what your dream for breakthrough is for this year. I want you to take, I'm going to be quiet, I promise, for about two minutes. I want you to just write down two or three sentences and I want you to fold it up, put it in there, put the paper in the envelope and put your address on the outside of it. Okay? So ready? One, two, three, go.
you're not quite finished, just set it aside. After we finish, after we finish praying, you can sit back down, you can finish filling it out, writing it out, envelope, all that stuff. We don't want you to rush, but we do need to keep moving. So take your time. A couple of things. I don't know what you wrote on your paper. But I know this. The Lord of breaking through wants you to be free and move forward more than you do. Like, he's more excited about you, what you wrote than what you wrote, than you are. The second thing, he's more excited and he does not have impossible in his vocabulary. So he's excited to do it and he has the power to do it. So be encouraged. What you're wanting this year can take place. The reason we're doing this is because we want to draw attention to the fact that this is what I asked for on February 13th and this is what God did when we opened up that letter in December of this year because we're going to mail that back to you. When you leave this morning, there'll be someone out in the the hallway with a bucket. It's sealed. We're not going to look at it. This is between you and you. We don't even have anything to do with it. We just will mail it back to you, trusting that the Lord is going to break us through. Here's the other thing I want to say before we pray. If you felt like in your gut, in your stomach, if you felt when I started talking about money and forgiveness, either both or, or one or the other, you felt yourself tighten up inside, I want you to know, God is going to do something good if you trust him. Don't pull back. Don't do that thing where you say, this is not for me. I am telling you, if you're reacting like that, this is exactly what God wants to do. He's going to bring freedom. He's going to bring you a new place of healing. Amen? Would you stand with me, please? Father, thank you. Thank you that your word is true. Thank you that you you can break through our enemies before us, breaking through like a flood. Lord, break through the obstacles and the barriers that are in our lives individually, whatever they happen to be, that are within our families, that are within this church family, and certainly that that are around us in this world. We trust you to do that, Lord. We thank you that you are the Lord of breaking through. We thank you, Lord, that this is not an exercise in in futility, Lord, but rather this is a faith step. Even putting on paper what we want you to do, this is a faith step, Lord, where we say we're choosing to trust you and we're going to be obedient as you give us direction. Lord, thank you for this holy partnership. Help us to, to enter into it with a heart that believes that you're gonna do something amazing this year. We're very, very grateful, Lord, so grateful for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you, would you extend your hands in front of you? Let me speak this blessing over you out of Proverbs chapter three. Grace Church family, be blessed. Be blessed as you trust the Lord with all of your heart. Be blessed as you, as you choose not to lean on your own understanding. Be blessed by the Lord as you acknowledge him in every one of your ways and he'll make your your path straight. Grace Church family, be blessed by the Lord and don't be wise in your own eyes. Turn away from evil and the Lord will bless your going in and he will bless your coming out. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this message made a difference in your life. 
If you would like more information about Grace Church, visit us on the web at grace417.com or connect with us by filling out a connection card on our app.